Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin! Hello, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of The Relatable Voice. Today, we are headed to Massachusetts to chat with Honoria da Silva Kilgore. Honoria is an attorney and an independent educational consultant. So, my dear Honoria, welcome to the RV. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so happy to have you here and Honoria, your background is Portuguese. You yeah. got it. I was born in the Azores and raised in the United States. So pretty much, except for the first five months, I've lived my whole life in the U.S. But I still speak Portuguese, uh, read it as well. My writing, not so good, but we can certainly communicate verbally. <laughs> That's good that you didn't lose your Portuguese. I really think uh, when it comes to other languages, or any language for that matter, it's a use it or lose it skill and you have to continue to use it. Fortunately, my mother is still alive. My mother's side of the family is all Portuguese. So we still use it every day, you know, mm -hmm. and it's very helpful. And I, I have clients in both my firm and in my uh, personal college counseling that are also Portuguese. So it's very helpful. For sure. And you are an attorney as I said before. So what type of law do you practice? Primarily, I focus on uh, bankruptcy, estate planning, which really means wills, trusts, planning for the next generation, which kind of tied into where I segued here. Um, probate, which is the flip side of estate planning, because that happens after the person passes and you have to go through the court process as well as uh, some litigation with the business and contracts. And some of that also ties into real estate and how the real estate ties into bankruptcy and to the estate planning. So it all kind of comes together. Um, and then beyond that, of course, I have wonderful colleagues that I can refer people to. If they don't know where to start or where to look, I can certainly refer them elsewhere. But that is where I focus uh, my practice because in reality, you can't do everything well. So you have to choose what you want to focus on. I think that's very important. But it's also led me to sow the seeds in some ways of how personal college counseling kind of came out of what I was finding out from my clients. And it was like, th these people need, need some other help in a different area. And it, it all kind of ties in because It's planning, it's setting the right foundation, it's doing the right research, it's giving them the right information so they can make 
better decisions for their family. Ah, okay. So that's why you founded your company, SPCCI, Personal College Counseling Inc. So, Honoria, can you tell us quickly what your company does? Well, I will try to keep it short. <laughs> the, the whole purpose of personal college counseling is really how the title says is I work primarily one-on-one -on -one with the high school student, but also with the family a little bit because it is an, a joint endeavor, but it's a collaboration because I really feel very strongly that every student who wants to pursue a higher education should have the ability to do so without borrowing six figures to get out of college. It, that's crazy. Um, however, there's so much to do. There's so many ways to go around that. And, and what you end up finding is that if they know anything, they only know about the schools that are local to them or somebody's heard of because, you know, they're the big popular schools or somebody knows somebody who went there. So that's a great school. And that has nothing to do with anything. It's for me, it's about this particular student. What interests you? What are you good at? What are you involved in uh, as far as your personal pursuits and passions? And also very importantly, what is your, your family's financial situation? Because not everyone can just write a check for 50, 60, 70,000, whatever it may be, because school is expensive no matter how you slice it. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of hardworking people out there that just have not been able to save up enough to cover this. And so they might wrongfully assume they can't afford to pay for college for their kids. And that's just not true. If you want it, I will find a way for you to get it. Okay. And, and the important, the most important part is that I'm really trying to get out there is start early. Too many people wait till the students are juniors and seniors. I'm like, you are missing so many opportunities here because it's about setting that foundation in high school. And honestly, the better the student does, it's always comes back to academics, right? Mm -hmm. So the better you're, you do in high school, the better your SATs are and all that stuff. For me later, that has a direct translation to dollars, okay? Because when you apply for college, people just think about financial aid. And financial aid is based on basically what your family makes and how you come out on this form called the FAFSA. And uh, you should qualify for the guaranteed student loans and maybe not much else, depends on where you are situated. So. In addition to that, though, there's all sorts of merit aid at different colleges for different things. And that's really where you need to know how to tap into that, because that's free money. That's several thousands of dollars available if you have the right fit. And that's really what it comes back to, because the perfect school for student A may be a terrible fit for student B. Even though it's a great school, it hasn't, it's about that student. I can't drive that home enough. And unlike, I, I know we talked before we went on air about this, uh, that controversy, I forgot the name of it, with the whole bribery thing. And 
and what they were doing, finding the side door, I think is what he called it. All right, there's none of that nonsense going on here. <laughs> you know, I am not trying to turn a square peg round or vice versa. My job is not to change your student, make them something they're not. My job is to take the best version of the student, whatever it is, and find them the right place where they will blossom and do well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I go from students that are A students that get into an Ivy League school and all of that to working with C plus students that we find them the right schools and they still get a little bit of assistance and make that a school that's good for them and within reach of what their parents can afford. So you just have to want it. Exactly. I wish I knew you before my daughter. I get that a lot. (laughs) And Honoria, why did you become an independent educational consultant? Well, two things really converged. One I I have alluded to before, um, especially as a bankruptcy attorney, a lot of times one of the issues that causes people to file for bankruptcy is because they just have obviously too much debt. And part of that debt tends to be student loans. And generally speaking, there's three things in bankruptcy that you're not ever going to get rid of. Student loans, taxes, alimony, and child support. Um, So it really impacts your life later if you overborrow. And that's the whole thing. I don't have a problem with people borrowing reasonable amounts. And that reasonable amount depends on what your family makes, right? What some person can handle versus another is completely different. But the point is, it was having this dramatic impact. And so I finally started asking, for example, I have clients that are teachers and they have both are teachers and between them, they have well over six figures in debt. At this point in time, they already have their own family. They have their own little house and they, they will forever have this debt for a very long time. So I asked them, why did you borrow so much to, no offense, but to go into teaching, which isn't the highest earning profession. So the return on investment versus the borrowing was out of whack, right? And they said, well, we didn't know what other options we had. So that's what we did. And I get that all the time. And I'm like, oh, and it's not just the students, it's the parents, it's the whole thing. So I figured that that shouldn't be the case, right? And then at the same time, now we're going back several years because my son is 22, but when he was 13 (laughs) and so forth, um, he was fencing. He was a very competitive fencer. So we were doing national tournaments and we were traveling all over the United States. And of course, I'm an opportunist. So if we're traveling somewhere and there's a college or university nearby, I'm like, oh, I don't know when's the next time I'm going to be in, I don't know, Columbus, Ohio. So we're going to check out Ohio State or whatever's nearby. So he got a lot of tastes of a lot of different schools all along this. But in the process, I learned so much and I just kept digging and learning more. And, you know, for example, with the sports, how to get in front of the coaches and get those coach interviews and how much they can pull for you if they're interested in having you go to their school. And 
And if you're not division one, oh, guess what? There's still merit aid out there. This whole concept of merit aid is really a thing that so many people miss the boat on. Um, and then just all of that process and screening and finding out who has funds to give you even, you know, just because you want it doesn't mean they have it or that you bring enough to make the synergy. And what I always try to remind people is just because you love this school and you want to go there, flip the switch. What do they want from you? What do you bring to increase their profile? And, and that's a part of it. Okay. So you have to have the fit. The fit has to go both ways. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in this process, we found all this out. And then eventually when my son applied and all that, we didn't qualify for financial aid. You know, I'm, I'm gainfully employed. So is my husband. We have one son. They're like, yeah, you, you don't get any financial aid besides the guaranteed student loan. And guess what? He still got a really good scholarship at the school he went to because he was the right fit there. And they had the funds. And knowing that, from the inside, it was like, okay, if you apply by this date, they gave him a pre-read, you're definitely going to get in. He wanted to fence for the school at that point. And oh, by the way, you will also get this scholarship of X dollars for the next four years. And I'm like, okay, well, all things being equal, why wouldn't we have him go there? He loved the school. It was a perfect fit. And we got money. I mean, come on, that's the way to go. And as I'm talking about this to our colleagues and our friends, and it's like, I could tell there the other people had no idea that that was going on. It's like, oh, we don't qualify for financial aid, so we're not even going to do the FAFSA form. I'm like, okay, if you don't do that form, you don't qualify for the merit aid either. Mm-hmm. Because they want to know that we're not going to tap these funds if you qualify for those funds first. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot going on. And anyway, so I'm, I'm finding this out. And then I start doing more and more research on different schools for different kids. And, um, you know, the proof is in the pudding. The results are there. If you go on my Instagram account, one of the things I like to do, um, of course, I redact some of the student information, um, is show you the acceptance and award letters. I'm not just talking and blowing smoke. These are real numbers. These are real awards from really good schools all over the place. Um, So my students have choices and they don't have to over borrow. Um, And for those who don't need to worry about borrowing, it's just as important because you still want them to have the right fit. Where can they go where you know they have the opportunity to grow into themselves. It's so important, you know, and I I liken it to like a plant, you know, you put a plant in the sun that needs shade, it's going to die. You put a plant in the shade that needs sunshine, it's not going to grow. It's not the plant's fault. They're in the wrong environment. (laughs) I love love this example. But it's true. You have to know a little bit about what you want. And and I'm not expecting any teenager to give me an answer of, I don't even ask them to tell you the truth. 
what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh my God, we're still figuring it out, right? That's the wrong question. And I think parents sometimes put too much pressure on their kids to answer that. And that's not, a, I think, appropriate. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And what do you think would be the more appropriate approach? I think the more appropriate approach, and it's one I take, obviously, is let's see what you're doing now. What are you good at? Where are your natural strengths and tendencies? What excites you? What kind of classes are you liking more right now? Do you have any idea what you might like later? And then you find, you have to find schools that have that element for them because what you're getting in high school is nothing compared to what's available in college. They're going to find classes and majors they've probably never even heard of. Yeah, you don't even know what you don't know yet. But if you have a math inclined student, you want them to be in an environment that has those types of classes and majors. If you have a student that's very verbal and what really gets them excited is reading and writing and, you know, that kind of more creative aspect, well, don't put them in a great engineering and math school. Uh, yeah, it's a fantastic school, but not for them. They're, they're going to struggle and not be happy. That's not the right fit. That's all I'm saying. You got to, you got to pursue the right angle. That doesn't mean I'm telling them what they're going to be when they're 30. <laughs> I think many people will be late with you. It's hard. And I think the first generation students have it even harder because their parents probably are really hard workers and are very geared on focusing what they can do. And, and here's a kid saying, well, I, I want to study like me, political science. My parents are like, okay, but what are you going to do with that? Like, I don't know yet, but that's what's exciting me right now. And then I became a lawyer. But at the time I picked that major, I didn't know that yet. But with the encouragement and support and, you know, doing well in that, the path becomes illuminated as you go down it. That's mm-hmm. ideally what I hope for all of them to discover. So, and Honoria, can you tell our listeners what? is the difference between what you do and, for example, a high school counselor? Oh, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked that because I think people have a a really mistaken impression that their high school counselor is sitting down with their student and advising them and helping them 
prepare for the next phase. And that's just not true. That's not happening. That's not what they're doing. Their job primarily is honestly to make sure your student gets through high school. Have they taken all the required credits? Are they passing all their classes? Have they taken the right mix? So on and so forth. Um, and if they are, and they're not having other issues, you get even less attention. You get a pre-printed schedule. Uh, hey, everything's great, looks good. Here's what you take next semester, pat on the back, next. And then maybe, maybe if you're lucky, sometime as a junior, usually second semester, or early senior year, your guidance counselor might say, oh, why don't you check out this website or that and start doing some research on schools? Oh, maybe you want to apply to this one because it's one they've heard of and it's close. And do they have any idea what that student wants to do, should be doing? What can they afford to pay? How does that factor into what they're looking at? Because they don't. They just don't have that. You're not getting that. And um the way I prep my students, I'm probably a good year ahead of anything they even talk about. Because if I had my druthers, by the time my kids are juniors, we've done all the, all the prep and research and gotten them ready. So I know where they fit. And by junior year, I want them just visiting the ones we've now targeted from our big list down to our small list. So we get them in front of the right people. So they're getting their feet on the ground. I can't stress how important that is. I can give you all the data you want, but if you don't go and visit a school, you will never get the vibe of that school. Every school is like a person and they have their own personality. And you have to know what that is. Even if you go after you're accepted, you still better go before you make that decision because it's, it's, it's so different. You can't just look at pretty pictures and virtual tours because you know what? They better look good. They're, <laughs> you know, that's their presentation. But for real, what does it feel like when you're there? What do the other students look like? Can you visualize yourself there? It's so important. So that by the time we get to the summer before senior year, all my students are doing is we're writing the essays and we're submitting and we have everything ready to go like this as soon as those deadlines pop up senior year. We're not thinking about as seniors, where should I go? But no, we're fine tuning everything and getting it done and making sure you're applying in time to maximize any funds that are available or your chances of getting in if you wanna be in the early action group at certain schools and so forth. Very different approach, but very methodical. There's a lot to do, but I break it down in digestible pieces for my students. And then we talk about it and we really start dissecting them. So after a while, I can start to see the pattern that evolves with them. What are they gravitating to? Not because I told them you should look at big, small, suburban, urban, large, medium. That has nothing to do with it. Where, where are the schools that have everything you want? And then they start looking at it. And sometimes there's a big mix. And other times you start to see they, they always like this type. And, and we start to squeeze it down. Like when I create a universal list for them, usually it's anywhere between 80 to 100 and something schools that I, I have tagged. And we're not going to go look at 100 schools, obviously. 
but we're going to dissect them and shrink them. And eventually we get to a group of 10 to 20 and then we start getting more serious. And then we start figuring out who do we wanna target and who do we wanna get attention from and so on. And it evolves and eventually you get down to 10 or less. Mm -hmm. Because it's a lot too. It should be a lot. You know, you're gonna spend the equivalent of a mortgage on this education. I think you deserve the time and effort that it takes to make a good decision. It's an investment in your future. Absolutely. And financial struggles have been the most common issue nowadays. And you mentioned your company helps maximize a student's chance to receive merit-based scholarships or financial aid. So, Onaria, can you please explain how you maximize these chances? I'm sure our listeners are very, very curious about it. Okay, that's that's a little stickier because it takes into consideration so many things. But first off, um, let's just say you need to get that ex- those extra help, that extra help with merit aid, right? So when you target a school, you want to make sure, like I said, they have everything you want. If you have another passion, that's helpful. Whether it's a sport, it's a different activity. I don't care what it is, as long as it's meaningful to the student, right? Because that's something else that makes you stand out. So when you're targeting schools and you want to try to get into that merit aid pocket, you want to stand out to them as much as you can right? You don't want to be just another Jack or Jane that they have 2,000 of. So you want to stand out. So there's different ways to stand out legitimately. (laughs) (laughs) But let's start with the academics being the first, first phase always. You want to be at or better than their average, right? If you're getting into a school by the skin of your teeth, you just made it in. Why are they going to give you money? Just think about that. That doesn't make a lot of sense. If that's the only thing you got going, you just made it in. Okay, good for you. But you need funds? That's probably not going to do it, right? So you want to make sure you're at or better than the average bear. Right. So you want to score in their upper ranges. okay, but still be in their range. That's the whole thing. I hate the whole idea of safety school, reach school, but that's BS to me. For me is target the school that's perfect for you regardless and be in their zone, be what they want or better. So that's the first thing. And then differentiate yourself based on what you're bringing to the table. So let's say you do have a sport. Like my son had a very distinct sport. So we were only looking at schools that one had the academics he wanted. I always start with academics first, if you haven't noticed. And Uh second, they had a fencing team and he wanted to play, but he didn't want to play Div 1 because really at a Div 1 school, your athletic stuff comes first and your academics come second. Div 3, Div 2, different focus. You are more of a student athlete. Student comes first, athlete comes second. Big difference depending where you're at and what your goals are, okay? 
So we look at that. So now you're bringing in someone who fits their academic profile and, oh, who fits a special sport they have, who's good at it, and um, wants to be there. And, oh, and, oh, by the way, they come from a few states away, more diversification. So there's different things to bring into the table. This is not about because you're ethnic or you have some other background, people are under this misperception that there's your ticket in, you know, they need more of this. And I'm like, you have to have the academics first, <laughs> and then they look at the other things you bring. So you don't need that per se. Um, so you have to look at that particular school and what enhances the profile versus what you bring, right? So, like I said, applying to just local schools and, and you're just another one of like everybody else locally that's applying, that's okay. But don't expect to like bubble to the surface unless, you know, your academics are really way above everybody else that's in that little mix, right? So there's a lot of these factors that go in. And so it takes a lot of time to figure out, okay. Let's, let's look here and now let's see if they have what you want. And now you're bringing something they want too. And, oh, you are, you have the GPA they want or better. And your scores on, on the tests are where they normally look or better or in their higher range. This looks like it could be a good fit. Let's talk about this one. And there you go. Honoria, there are many people there needing these precious advice you are giving here and I'm pretty sure you have way more things to tell. So how can our listeners connect with you online? Sure, let's start with the website. So it's, you know, www.personalcollegecounseling.com. You can also email me and that would be nod, N-O-D, at personalcollegecounseling.com. And of course, you can always call. The phone call and the number is 508-622-5250. I always pick up that line unless I'm in a meeting or it's after my bedtime because I have it on all, all the time. Um, because again, the kids are on a different schedule than your nine to five work a day. So a lot of it is, you know, weekends and nights and in between their activities and whatever. And that's totally fine. Yeah, and if you go to the website, it then also has the Instagram. And and would you like to leave a message to our listeners? Uh, I think, if anything, they should start thinking about college as early as freshman year in high school. Start planning. Start putting together your plan and what you want to do. Because with no plan, plan to fail. It doesn't, nothing happens. Yeah. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. And please, Honoria, come back when you have something else to tell us, or maybe when you decide to publish your book. <laughs> maybe sometime, you know, I have a lot going on right now, but that's a goal to have. I, I would like to do that someday. Muito obrigada. Oh, de nada. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe 
so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. $15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.